Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Send the tweets. Send them hot at Ken Carmen C-A-R-M-A-N. What an NBA Finals, eh? I looked at the overnight share of the city I'm in. There's still a quarter of all TVs that were tuned into the NBA Finals. That's Golden State hate right there. That's what that is. 19 wins this year, LeBron gone, and it's like, hey, you know what? I'm still going to tune in just in case Golden State loses. And then they lost. And Kawhi Leonard looked all right. Pascal Siakam looked fantastic. And it brings me to question, well, okay, whether or not whether or not the other night was a matchup problem, whether or not, hey, you know, maybe, maybe it's just one of those feeling out games and We've heard about that before. When you have professional efforts, like Golden State and a couple other teams, where it's a, it's a feeling out game, and now you see, and you, you get your toes wet in the series, and then you work into the series like an like an old man man into a nice warm bath, like those type of things. So, my first question, first off, is that can Toronto keep the pace? Hey, Nick can, Nurse- can, I, can I cut in here? Here, I never do this. I never do this, but I can I cut in. All right. You got something else going on locally from the finals. I'm just curious how uh, life with Odell is going so far. <laughs> okay, first off, Tom, all right, Tom, first off, you're going to work me into a shoot. Second of all, can I get that Kevin Wall laugh one more time, please? <laughs> the best part is, is that almost sounded like that's recorded. Like that, Is that your real laugh, Kevin? Or yeah, that was that live. Of- yeah, that was live. That was live. So if you go to like... If you go to a Dave Chappelle show, give me your laugh. <laughs> really, you laugh at that at all his jokes like that? No, Just that's like my that? fake laugh. Oh, okay. Because that's what that you're, you're trying to get me worked up. Is that what we're trying to do here? Well, you're dealing with the giant I mean, right now. So once you hear, oh, Aldo okay, Beckham. so so it's become personal. See, this is the thing that we like to argue about. You know what? I'll play your stupid freaking game because I'll just go ahead and do it. Because usually. When people say, why aren't you talking about this and talking about that? I go, hey, we're on the air for the entirety of America. People want to hear about this, not just your problems. But you know what? Fine. I'll sit there and I'll get worked into a shoot by you New Yorkers. Where are you from in New York, Kevin? You a Giants fan? I am. I'm from Jersey, yeah. You filthy pig. Shut your sewer. Tom, I just you're asked a, how Odell was you're doing. You're a Jets I really, fan. Yeah, I just asked how he was doing. I don't think I even what you presented well, any bias off, here. I, I know what you first. You cut me off in the middle of going right into an NBA topic, right into a monologue about the NBA. I had good stuff about Draymond that I'm going to hold off on now because you cut me off, so obviously you're trying to get me going. Is that what you're trying to do? I was just checking in and seeing how Odell was. That's all. You're in Cleveland. I'm in New York. I'm not positive how things are going. I just wanted an update. Odell's not in Cleveland. Well, technically, he'd be in Berea, which is a suburb just outside of Cleveland, smartass. That's where their headquarters are. 
I don't think he'd be in New York when they play in East Rutherford, New Jersey, huh? All right, you want to do it? Because obviously the show's about you two, not about me. Okay, fine. Well, not about America. I just asked a question. I just thought it was a little bit odd that you cut me off in the middle of an NBA thing, which you've never done in your entire career. No, you're right. I haven't ever done that. It's a little conspicuous. Okay, you want to hear about it? You want to hear about it? Okay, because I I thought later on, at 1240, I'll, I'll just tell everybody what we got going on. 12.40 12.40 p.m. Eastern. Well, no, that wasn't at 12.40. Where the hell am I going with this? At 11.40 a.m. Eastern. There we go. I was going to get into Baker Mayfield because there was plenty of people this week. Ken, oh, Ken, you want to sit there and spend an hour on Ben Roethlisberger and rail against Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers? What's going on with your boy? What's going on between him and another radio show host? What's happening here? I said, fine, if, I, if I'm going to be honest, if I'm going to be up front, then I got to go, I got to talk about Baker if I was going to talk about Ben Roethlisberger. You want to ask me about Odell Beckham Jr.? Fine. There's a lot of people, and I couldn't believe, I, I did get some pushback yesterday, and you can tell there there's a, <sighs> there's an older fan that, there's an older fan that doesn't deal in realism. There's an older fan that doesn't deal with what the NFL is today. And you will hear me, Say this right now, because I'm just going to go off the top of my head, but I, I've, I'm i well-versed in this subject already. But I will say that uh, what you're going to hear is probably a lot of excuses. And you'll, you'll, you'll take those as excuses until one of two things happen this week. Mandatory minicamp is this week for the Cleveland Browns. If he's not there at mandatory minicamp, the gloves come off, we can go after him. But when you put voluntary in a contract, there's nothing you can really do. Freddie Kitchens had some comments back on Thursday and said, well, they were asked what he's missing. He said, "Eh, the offense. And then people took it in a couple of different interpretations. They said, well, Freddie's a little bit upset because he keeps getting asked the questions. He keeps getting asked about Odell Beckham Jr. And probably, if we're fair with one another and we're trying not to make every single excuse in the world, he's the head coach of the freaking football team. Do you think he's probably a little bit perturbed that his main wide receiver isn't there? For voluntary workouts, yes, underscore, understanding and underlining the word voluntary. That he's a little bit, a little bit disappointed that his guy ain't there. Bill Belichick is disappointed if Tom Brady isn't there for every single activity. And you can make excuses and say, well, it's not even an excuse. He's a six-time world champion. So we can, we can rationalize it and say that that's a different thing. And it is. But Bill Belichick would still be more comfortable if Tom Brady was at every single voluntary practice. Everybody would be more comfortable if their main stars were at every single voluntary practice. So I can understand Freddie Kitchens if he's a little bit upset that Odell Beckham Jr. isn't there. I can get that. But this type of thinking, I, and I, I, try to, I try to be a little bit of a conduit to a regular fan because I, I try to think like a regular fan a lot. So let me break it down for a regular fan out there. And what the hell, 855-2124-CBS, because I'm going to get worked up here and I'm going to get into a nice lather here. If you have three weeks of paid vacation, you are taking three weeks of paid vacation. If you have maternity leave, you are taking maternity leave. If you do not do these things, you can file lawsuits against your employer. If they have created a culture that you can't show up to work or you have to show up to work when you are given time off or under a thought of 
voluntarism, then you are looking at a culture that is manipulating and coercive, and you can sue your employer here in America. If your boss came up to you, and 99% of the people I'm talking to right now, not business owners, if you're driving around and you're getting ready to work on a house or something like that, it's a Saturday, I don't know what you're about to do. I'm not talking to you because you don't have such a thing as days off, and I get that. If you're a salaried employee to some part, a manager, I can get that. But most people I'm talking to right now, the American middle class, if you're working in your backyard right now, your boss calls you up, you're going to get time and a half. You're going to go in. You're going to get paid for what you do. That might be part of your contract. Or you're going to say, hey, I'm sorry. Days off are days off. If you're in the middle of a vacation, days off are days off. That's probably part of your deal as an employee. That's for, if you are in organized labor, labor, that's part of your deal as a person who's involved in a union. Odell Beckham Jr. is involved in a union, folks. And I get plenty of people. I couldn't believe the emails I was getting yesterday. Just And this is right, right here locally. I, I couldn't believe some of the emails I'm getting. Ken, you ought to know better. Ken, you played sports. You ought to know better. I go, do you hear the silliness that comes out of your mouth about this type of thing? Or I should say, from your keyboard? John in Mayfield, Ohio. Ken, you're embarrassing yourself. Stop it. OBJ should have been around more than he has been, and you know it. Here's a question. What would you tell your son to do if you were on an NFL roster? You tell him to be the first one there and the last one to leave, and voluntary means nothing when it's your livelihood. You've been on teams, and you know what it's about. Please, if you're going to make this argument, stop, and I'm a cliche master, stop with cliches. The first one in and the last one out. The first one in and the last one out. First off, tell me what exactly that means. Is it a big race to the place? And if you're the last one out, how do you ever leave? Because if everybody's just sitting there waiting on somebody to go, is this just one great big standoff at the doors of the building to see who's going to be the last one to finally give up and go? No, somebody has to leave work for the day. Who's the last one in and who's the last one out? Do you draw straws for such a silly matter? The first one in and the last one out. I mean, how big a piece of garbage talk is that? You know who they used to say was the first one in, the last one out? Every single terrible quarterback that the Browns had for 20 years before Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield more than likely is the first one in and the last one out, even though Tyrod Taylor beat him into the building last year. And obviously it didn't help Tyrod Taylor one freaking bit. The first one in and the last one out. Do you really wake up and think that? I want to know from John and Mayfield, and I want to know from the people who really believe that. Do you do that at your job? Are you the first one in and the last one out unless you're the owner? Unless you're the, the, the store manager, are you the first one in and the last one out? No, you clock in at about 8.59 and you clock out at maybe 5.01. But you're usually waiting to clock out at the end. If anybody's worked retail at a TJ Maxx or a Target or whatever, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You get in the break room at about all 4.55, you put your stuff away for the day, and you usually got there at 4.55 because they're watching you a little bit close, and they want to make sure before they let you go off the floor before you go ahead and do it. First one in and the last one out. That means are you sitting there until after 5 p.m. until store closes at 10 to make sure that you're the last one out? Well, what about the night security guard? First one in and the last one out. I guess you should never leave your post, now should you? if we're going to be literally stupid about this conversation. But Ken, Odell Beckham Jr. is supposed to be there. And what if he was your son? That's my second favorite card that people like to play. Well, what if it was your son? Ken, if my son 
had the wherewithal to be Odell Beckham Jr. where he could exploit voluntary in his contract because, you know, people love to do this. They like to act like every single player in professional sports is the same, which it's not, which it hasn't hasn't been since they were in high school. And even when they were in high school, it wasn't. Go look at prom night to the quarterback to you as a backup, backup, backup guard. It's never been the same. It's never been equitable. To a guy like him, if he wants to use voluntary, which is written in his contract, he can do so. As an agreement between the players' union and an agreement between the NFL, that's what's there, voluntary. And yes, I know that Julio Jones sits out voluntary workouts because he's trying to prove a point and he's trying to use whatever leverage he can to get another deal out of the Atlanta Falcons or some sort of an extension out of the Atlanta Falcons. And and most guys do usually sit out voluntary, quote-unquote, OTAs because they want to prove some sort of a point, prove their worth, either try to get traded, try to get an extension, do something or another where they can they can show that they have power when really it's it's the most powerless player union in the league and basically voluntary is the only thing that you can use. Most guys do that. I would look at Odell Beckham Jr. and think, you know for a fact that the Maras or the Tishes were definitely talking to him saying you're going to be a New York Giant for life, especially when they signed him to a $95 million deal last year, that he's probably going to be a little bit, how do I say, less than trusting of the NFL, less than trusting of of the Cleveland Browns being an NFL football team, knowing that they traded for him and knowing that he made plans this summer and wasn't going to go to the Giants' voluntary workouts because of the plans he made this summer. And it's all based on this. If Odell Beckham goes out during the regular season, because that's what we really do care about, and that's what all these really Tommy Tough guys on their emails really do care about is the regular season, and he puts up a 1,400-yard receiving season and puts up 15 touchdowns, you aren't going to say a damn word about voluntary OTAs. If he goes out and he has the type of season where he gets hurt, you're going to say everything about voluntary OTAs. It's always, 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 always incumbent upon the player. Last year, before he sat out against the Cincinnati Bengals, what was said about Antonio Brown? A little bit of a knucklehead every now and then, a little bit, but usually that was snuffed out completely. And it was hardest working wide receiver in the NFL, six-round pick, works on his craft, a true success story. One of the guys to be emulated, including Juju Smith-Schuster, was emulating him. He sat out a game. That was his fault. He thought he took it from Mike Tomlin. I blame him both. What are we saying about Antonio Brown today? Antonio Brown showed up to all the workouts. Antonio Brown, while he did it with panache and style out of a helicopter or out of a Rolls Royce or out of an old Rambler or whatever, he decided to show up to camp in. He showed up for work. He worked hard. He was part of a very, very, very good organization. And until the very bitter end when things turned, people thought very highly of Antonio Brown. Because why? It will always be incumbent upon the player. Because he didn't show up for the final game of the season. And that's what people care about. They don't give a damn about workouts in May. And when you put voluntary under a work contract, that means voluntary. And you aren't giving up any vacation days under the guise of voluntary. Ken, this is another email. At work, many of us have officially five weeks of vacation or more. But you'd be looked at very funny if you actually took them. Regards, Dave. My reaction to that, please do not tell me where you work. Because if you do... Your HR department has a very big problem on their hands. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Sounds bad, Ken. 
Oh, shut up, Tom. Tell me why it sounds bad. I don't know. You got to a pretty worked-up right, like place that. over you this a, already? You take, a, you take a great big breath over that. Because this is what we do. Yeah. This, this, is, this is where it's at. See, the, there but is the, a all part this of commotion where... is all, all this dust is up in the air because of this one player not. Because who, he doesn't who, By the way, for... he claims he's changing the culture to the Patriots culture, by the way. Uh, he didn't show to. up. Right. He says he wants to. Tom Brady doesn't go to OTAs. How many of OTAs has Tom, has Tom Brady been to a lot of OTAs this year? What, Last why, year, why would Tom OTAs? Brady need to go to OTAs? What, you're at talking this point about cul- you're talking about a culture, right? You're talking, they you built a culture. A culture. The culture, the house did, is did, standing. Minute, Don't you understand the difference okay. between the Patriots did, having a mansion standing Rob, on a cliff and the cl- did, and the the Cleveland Browns existing in a pile of rubble right did now? Did Rob? Did Rob Gronkowski? First off, I don't think it's a pile of rubble anymore. Win something second first. All, second of all, second of all, yeah. did Rob Gronkowski go to a voluntary OTAs last year? What? This has nothing to do with the did. Patriots, man. Nothing. Because you're making a comparison, and I'm giving you two primetime players who didn't go to voluntary OTAs. You made the comparison the with the it. Patriots. I didn't. Pr- I, I just said that you this guy came Patriots. in saying that he wants to change the culture and make them into a championship culture, and he's starting by not showing up to a voluntary workout, to which voluntary I'm not cr- exactly right. OTAs. Right, it is voluntary. what it is. Voluntary, right? Okay, right. Do you show up to? Do you show up to the company picnic if you don't have to? If you don't want to? Do you? I mean, I worked a double shift here in the last 24 hours to did cover a, a teammate. Did, and did I did get not paid get paid a it? cent extra. No. Did you get paid? So you didn't get I, paid for it. And I and I don't think this is about me because I'm you not on a ninety-four million dollar contract well, and one of the most talented you. people in the world at what you I do. Said, you just said you worked a double. I you did. You just said you worked a double. So right. let's make it about you for a second here, Tom. Okay. Yeah. You will not get compensated whatsoever when it comes to an extra day of vacation, an extra day off, no. or even more even a bump in salary for that period. Absolutely not. No. Well, then you, sir, have a case against your employer, which is weird because it's the same employer as mine. But here's the thing, Ken, and you said you used the word exploit earlier, He that Odell is exploiting the fact that this is voluntary, and I agree with you. Which is I'm not looking to words. exploit anything against my employer. That's the difference. That's the issue here. It's not that I'm criticizing him for not showing up to what? a voluntary workout. It's that it's that it doesn't it's not necessarily irrelevant to the people on his team. Okay, the coach has to answer for okay. it. His teammates have to answer for it. The entire media has to talk about it. You have to sift through a pile of emails of people sanctimoniously telling you how to do your job because of this man. Now, it's not a huge it's really not any deal in and of itself, but it's what it creates for somebody who's trying to change the culture. Is this what changing the culture really looks like? Oh, I would say probably not, but yeah. I also say if you're looking for leadership from Odell Beckham Jr., which is the gist of this entire thing, then the Browns would certainly be in trouble. If they're realistically looking for, for leadership out of Odell Beckham Jr., you're in a serious troubled spot. That we can and then agree I would on. have to say the same thing about the Cleveland Browns that I've been railing on the Pittsburgh Steelers for the last seven months. If you're looking for leadership out of a wide receiver, you're barking up the wrong tree. That's why Larry Fitzgerald well, yeah, has held exactly. such high That's esteem. Not fair. It just depends on the situation. But you're lucky that you have Mayfield, and it should be fine. But it's a first-year head coach installing his offense with a brand-new star player who's talking about changing the culture, and this is the foot that we're off on. That's all. That's why it sounds not so great to me. If it, obviously, if it would sound, it would sound better if he was at voluntary OTAs. I can't deny that. But I also can't go after a guy who's going to maybe not exploit, but use something that's given to him by a collective bargaining agreement and called OTAs, voluntary That's fair. 
workouts. That's fair. And this is the entire point of what I said before. You have guys who set out voluntary workouts who might not trust the NFL, and I do not believe, and you didn't disagree with me, no, that I, Odell I'm Beckham with you Jr. trusts yeah. the NFL of and course. trusts the Cle- even the Cleveland Browns. Of course he so, doesn't. So when you have this situation, what have I said for months now, for weeks now, I should say, because the, the OTAs have only been going on for so, for so long. Why call voluntary? Just get rid of voluntary OTAs. I already pay you a price. I already pay you a handsome sum as a 1099 employer, as a technical independent contractor, to make sure your ass is where? At training camp and in shape, or ready for mandatory workouts and in shape. That's what you're paid such an incredible amount of money for. So if I'm paying you for that, why am I having you come to voluntary OTAs? Why? So Tom Coughlin with the Jaguars can scold you for not showing up and say that it's a... It's supposed to be taken as, well, this is a wink and a nod that it's supposed to be voluntary, but it's actually mandatory. Well, we work at a workplace, and the NFL locker room, no matter what anybody wants to say or whatever visions of grandeur they have about it, is a workplace where they have the same problems, albeit at a very much higher level, than what a lot of, as the same as problems that a lot, a lot of people working at any TJ Maxx would have. There is jealousy. There is infighting. There is wage scaling. There is wage I would say that there is comparison with wages, if I can choose my words correctly. And so obviously they have some of the same problems that they have, and obviously they would have the same problems with the employer. So you get what I'm pointing out here now, don't you, Tom? If I do. I just up, think it's more, again, a lot of words. It's a lot of effort to try to defend this up, when it just is what it is. If just he shows up to, to volunteer, if he shows up to mandatory workouts. Then of it's a non-issue. Of course, he's going to go to those. If he, they're mandatory. No, well, that's the thing: is we are wondering whether or not there's a problem here. Oh my gosh! If there's that, a well, that's even hey, worse. Ian, Ian Rappaport. This is getting well, worse. This is Odell Beckham Jr. and I can't deny yeah. that. But you have Ian Rappaport who said, "Hey, Odell Beckham Jr. would have liked his contract reworked by the time that this uh, this season starts after this trade." Unbelievable. Ali Antonio Brown. That's an Ian Rappaport report. Why the is he worried about that? The day after that trade went down. Why is he worried about that? Was the day that? after that trade went down? But. I question it because he was at one of the voluntary OTAs. He hasn't missed all of them. He did go to one, which was weird because and it was a great move by him because he went to the one that didn't have media availability. Well, how do you think of that, Tom? I, I just I can't do anything but sigh. Yeah. Look at you sighing. I'm sorry. Kevin is enjoying it. I'm if just he sign. doesn't show up to volunteer, well, yeah, Kevin's enjoying it because he's trying to spin it because he's a Giants fan, and they got Kevin Zeitler and Jabril Peppers, who are two fine football players, and they got another 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 first round pick. What I what I'm a little bit pro- have a problem with, and Kevin can certainly agree with me on this, is that you, I know that people don't think Dave Gettleman's very smart right now. He ain't an idiot. Right, he's got a plan. Like he's like got a plan. Dan, uh, I don't. I don't care about his plan. I don't care about his plan. I, I don't know how great Daniel Jones he? is going to be because every, well, first off, because every and now we're going to we're going to take the conversation to a different level, and I got to hit a break at some point here. But Dave Gettleman, yeah, Dave Gettleman did drafted Daniel Jones, and everybody thinks that Dave Gettleman's an idiot because he basically drafted a puppet for Eli Manning, who already looks like a muppet. However, I think if you look at what Dave Gettleman's doing, and it's not even a plan. I don't care about his plan. I still need to go back to the trade. Did people think they were getting a 1,400-yard wide receiver with no strings attached? How often do you trade those guys right after you sign them to a $95 million extension? How often does that happen? If everything was hunky-dory, he'd still be a New York Giant. We all should know this. Browns fans should know this, and most of them do. 
So when when people get worked up about it, just like me, because I've got I've got myself into a sweat and into a shoot just as much as anybody else, I still look at the wordage, voluntary, voluntary. And that practice, that contract with their collective bargaining agreement is a protection of what? A worker's rights. And he has the right to not be at a voluntary workout. We move on to basketball soon. Can I do some NBA soon now, Tom? Sure. What's what you, are, what, you mad at me now? No, we, we're, we just got to go to break. Okay. 855-2124-CBS. I'll try to fit in a call. If what I said to you was BS, go ahead and say it. 855-2124-CBS. And also coming up, if you're there to see the game, folks, I promise it won't affect you. Got some baseball as well. It's Ken Carmen live on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. I mean, I had stuff on Draymond and Drake. Everybody hates Drake. I, I'm not a big Drake fan in terms of the music. There's a couple of songs, obviously. But, man, people just hate Drake. Did you hate Spike Lee this much back in the 90s? Maybe you did. Do you hate Jack Nicholson that much with the Lakers? Do you really hate him that much? Because there's people who really dislike Draymond Green, and obviously one's a basketball player performing his work on the floor. The other one is is a fan. But if you're a Toronto fan, I, I'm taking I'm taking Drake, and I am putting him in every single corner I possibly can. I'm having him troll to the everlasting degree that I possibly can with the Golden State Warriors. And there's a big reason. Because without Kevin Durant, they are susceptible to that. Yes, Kevin Durant, the same guy who gets worked up on the internet by 14-year-olds. And I'll tell you why next on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. There is a sincere thirst to beat the Golden State Warriors. You should see the phones already. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. That is the toll-free line brought to you by GEICO. There's great news, folks. There's a quick way you can save some money. You switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com. 15 minutes, you're saving 15% or more on car insurance. Coming up at 11, we'll have David Adler, who will join us from MLB.com. That's 11 a.m. Eastern. Also at noon Eastern, Monty Pohl will join us, NBC Sports Bay Area. I'll get into the netting in baseball because I, I, I think that you need to get, just get used to it. Because it's going to happen, and I would also I would also probably tell you that I well I'm not going to probably tell you I'm going to tell you I'd like to take it a step further, and I'd like to take it a step further on the field. But first, everybody wants to get in on the Warriors. Jason Louisiana wants to get in on the Warriors. He's excited. He says they can finally be beat. He's first up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. How you doing today, buddy? Jason, I'm doing wonderful, friend. As Go ahead. Always, I love your show. But before I get to the Warriors. I was actually at the game where that little girl got hit. I was sitting 10 rows back. Oh. Uh, my soon-to-be wife is a huge Astros fan, and we go to a lot of games. And uh, it's very tragic what happened. The only problem I have with that is when you go to a game like that, you, you know that you're taking that risk. And really and truly, a lot of people want to catch foul balls, home runs. It's a part of the, it's a part of the atmosphere. And honestly, I wouldn't change it. Would I extend it a little bit? Yes, but I would not change it. All right. I got your comments on the record. Don't want to fight you about it just yet, but go ahead, Jason. What were you going to say as, about the Warriors? As for the Golden State Warriors, I'm loving every minute of it. I'm a Spurs fan. Part of me doesn't want to root for Kawhi Leonard, but I hate the Warriors so much that I want to see them get beat. For Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and them to not be able to guard – defensively 
you know, Siakam or however you pronounce his name. I, I just think that, you know, this is a possibility where I'm not going to say the Warriors get swept, but if the Warriors do continue to play from behind like they did with these other teams, I think the Raptors can hold their game. I see it being 4-1. I want to get, wow, Jason, in five games the Raptors win in five? I, I'd have to say yes because, you know what, and really and truly, if I'm Durant, I wouldn't come back. And really and truly, if Durant does come back in game four, like they say he supposedly will, I think it's to avoid a sweep. All right. Thank you very much, Jason. I appreciate the call. 855-212-4CBS. I'll get to the netting thing coming up in a bit, probably after David Adler at 1120 a.m. Eastern. For what you're saying, Jason, about Golden State, I, I still wonder if it's an aberration. Golden State's obviously one of the most dynastic teams in the NBA and in NBA history, in sports history. What happened over the Western Conference Finals, I think Portland was still overmatched, and I also think that there was a bit of an emotional hangover and they got punched in the mouth. I know that they were up by a bunch in those games and they let those games go away. When you have a seven-game, emotional seven-game series, they really, what, it come down to the final minute? final few minutes in Game 7, if I'm remembering correctly, against Denver, when you have a really emotional series like that and then you're playing a team that you need to be so confident going up against and so you need to build confidence. If they would have dispatched Denver in four games, I think that the Warriors-Portland series is different. I don't think that Portland wins, but I think that the series is different. Maybe they, they give a better of a fight. But that builds the confidence for the Warriors. And so for during that time, you have so many people. Oh, gosh, this is back to the way it was. They don't need Kevin Durant. First off, you need Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's that. To be the dominant team that you've been, you need Kevin, you need Kevin Durant. You just do. Kawhi Leonard is one of the preeminent players in the NBA. And a little bit of a page taken out of LeBron's book, when he has help, like he did with Pascal Siakam, you can take, you can take apart a team like Golden State. With those three guys, you can do it. When you have Kevin Durant, there's no shot in hell. Because it brings me to the thought of Kevin Durant. And I I look at Toronto, and so many people have gotten on me, you're going to talk about Golden State, you're not going to talk about Toronto. I'm sorry, Golden State's a more interesting team. But if I look at Golden State right now, and the reason why they're so interesting is because a 14-year-old kid on the internet can get into the head of Kevin Durant, but Kevin Durant, I think, is maybe the only guy who isn't afraid of LeBron It can play as good or better in certain cases than LeBron straight up. LeBron, I still think, is the better overall player. Now we're talking peak LeBron. We're not talking missing 40 games going on 35 LeBron. We're talking peak LeBron. We're talking peak Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is a guy who cusses at the media, cusses at fans, makes fake Twitter accounts, fake Instagram accounts, probably fake Facebook accounts. Probably has some things that he needs to work out in therapy. I'm serious about that. I'm not trying to recklessly speculate. But also, and he's also a guy that fans and media, because you know media is is certainly guilty of this too, fans and media feel that they can take swings at because they know they can get him. But he's also a guy who responds to that type of stuff with two-time finals MVP performances and can look down the barrel of the gun against the very best of the generation And I'll play him at times. And I'll play him in a finals. And could be the reason, the catalyst for an NBA championship. Or if if Toronto goes out and gets him again in game two, might be the catalyst for why they didn't. 
Because when I look back at the post game, not just the game, when I look back at the post game, just on Thursday night, there was a question that, man, it just reminded me of 2016. Tom, hit the question. Just wanted you to talk a little bit about that post-game scuffle between you and Drake. You got a question about basketball? It wasn't really a scuffle because I didn't hit him and he didn't hit me or I didn't push him or he didn't push me. We talked. We barked a little bit, but I wouldn't necessarily consider that a scuffle. Not really what I personally would consider a scuffle. That's after game one of the NBA Finals. That's Draymond Green. Boy, that reminded me of 2016. Because when we talk about 2016, there's a lot of people that go, well, if Draymond wouldn't have been suspended for Game 5, Golden State probably wins that series. Well, he did get suspended for Game 5. And you could put it on the refs, but that got in people's heads. That got in Steph's head. Throwing the mouthpiece. That got in Steph's wife's head with her tweets. That got into Draymond's head. That got into Draymond's family's head when they were getting in fights at the bowels of the queue after those games. See, you can put as much as you want on Kevin Durant, and people do. I I talk about Kevin Durant all the time. I wish Kevin Durant would stay in Golden State because I think that could be his fan base, even though nobody wants to believe me, and maybe I'm going to be wrong in the the end of it, but I don't know why he'd want to go to a mean place. However, so many times when we talk about Kevin Durant and speak about how mentally weak he is, how he should be as maybe taking over now as the best player in the NBA all around, as the best player in the NBA, as the 1%, as one of the guys that people pay attention to most of, he should be above these petty arguments. He should be above these petty fights, and he's not. But he still goes out on the floor and answers the bell. Golden State, on the other hand, when they didn't have him, boy, that reminded me a lot of the way things were because so many people are annoyed with Drake. And I understand why you're annoyed with Drake. Drake's not a player. Drake's a fan on the floor. You don't get to yell at them like that. You don't get to get in, in verbal arguments with Draymond Green if you get the you get the chance to sit courtside on the floor of whatever NBA game you are playing against Draymond Green. You don't get to do that. Drake does. Drake has a personal relationship. It can be just as much as trash talk because we know that these guys have different types of relationships with each other. And a guy who's a famous rapper and a famous actor and, and producer and everything like Drake is has a different relationship with NBA players than any of us do with the exception of maybe Jimmy Goldstein. So there's going to be a natural maybe jealousy there, annoyance there. If you're a Golden State fan or a fan that that might not want to see Toronto win as much as anybody else, you might be annoyed just because, eh, there's really shouldn't be a place for that. And I can hear you out on all that stuff. Even though if I'm a Toronto fan, I'm giving Drake everything I can to make sure he has everything he needs to get into the head of the Golden State Warriors because that reminded me of 2016. When you have Kevin Durant on the floor... Kevin Durant can absorb it. He takes heat from the media every single day about where he's going to go. He fires back. He cusses them out. He is childish and petulant while he does so, but he still can take all that heat and put together the type of performances that they need to get them over the top and to make them a championship team. I don't know if I can say that about the other three. I think Steph Curry's above it. But what happened at the end of the 2016 Finals? Everything is great with Steph Curry. When it's not, he has crumbled in the past. Everything's great with Klay Thompson. When Klay Thompson said what he said about LeBron about getting his feelings hurt in 2016, he overstepped his bounds because one is far better all around than the other guy. Kevin Durant's the only guy who can answer that question. Gets into it with the media, does not let it slide off his back. It is petulant and silly. 
He really should be above it. He should be more of an adult, and he's not. But there's really not much I can say about KD when he puts up the type of performances that he does where he's a back-to-back finals MVP and dispatches the Eastern Conference team without very much of a fight whatsoever. But now when you have Toronto, who has a fresh Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam, who played well, which still looks like that could be a mismatch in game two, and I hope that it is because I think that that would add a lot of drama to the series because now it's not just an aberration. You are trying to figure out how you're going to stop this guy who you didn't believe you were going to have to stop before. At least maybe Steve Kerr believed, but Warriors fans or other NBA fans didn't believe they were going to have to stop that type of force getting ready for their final series. So now it adds a different part to the equation. And last last series against Portland, so many folks, yeah, you don't need Kevin Durant. You see how this is? Splash Brothers are back. This is the way it is. Dynastic basketball is back. But the problem is you can get in those guys' heads. And I thought they, lo- they learned their lesson from 2016. That's what I alleged against Houston. When they thought that the refs were getting in their way and they were pitching a fight and, and Chris Paul was getting all upset during games and James Harden was getting upset. I thought for sure Houston was learning the lesson of what Golden State had learned in 2016. After what transpired with Drake, and you lose a game by 10. Now, it might all not matter tomorrow. Maybe it'll end up being Golden State. They figure it out. They know what they're doing, and then they can go on and win the series. But that game itself tells me that, man, I don't know if you've really learned what you should have learned back in 2016. That maybe it's hard enough to beat an opponent. It's going to be even harder when you throw a fan on there, when you throw the refs on there, and you start to play the role of the victim instead of the role of the dynastic team that has been dominant for so long like you really should be. Because it's easy when we talk about adversity, when we get all excited, and I talk about those cliches that I was just railing against while I was talking about Odell Beckham at the beginning of this show, while we pull all those out and we get into adversity, it's so easy to be a leader and to do right and to play well when things are going great. When you win 73 games in a regular season. But when you start to question yourself, and that's the true adversity of the Golden State Warriors, when you start to question yourself or what's in your own head, and the other team smells blood, you can make that impossible. And that's what happened in 2016, and that's what that looked like even after one game in the 2019 Finals. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227, a.m. Eastern. Not only do I support extending nets, I'd like to go a step further on the field. But first, David Adler going to join us at 11 a.m. Eastern. Coming up next, MLB.com. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 